Bush and Richie here with your Home Time Show podcast. Before we get cracking on it, uh, this is the uh, the tail end of the show, so we, we do this bit as we package the show up as it's done. And normally at this point, because I'm still working from home, Richie's in the in the studios, but I can smell tea being cooked now, so I know that it's tea time, which I'm very happy about. However, we do have an issue. Katie, my other half, is doing us pie with mashed potato, but our potato masher broke the other week and we've forgotten to replace it. And she's just sent me a text and put it on Twitter as well. How on earth do you make mashed potato without a masher? What are we going to do? A fork. Oh, that'd take a long time, though, wouldn't it? Wouldn't that take a long time? Two forks. Elastic bands, two, two forks. forks. Uh, I'm going to stick in. How about a blender? You got a blender? Maybe. What do you, how do you blend potatoes? Put some milk in there. Blender. Producer Adem chipping in with a little cooking thing. Someone's just suggested on text that I, uh, I just hit, hit it with my fists. I've got another idea. Three forks. <laughs> Stop naming forks. In the room next door, our eldest daughter, Erin, who's 11, is doing her school stuff on that Chromebook thingy or whatever they've got. So she normally finishes just before I start on air here now and then chats on her mate uh, on FaceTime on her phone to her mates or whatever. So they're all on there now. And uh, Richie, you heard this because this happened during a song <laughs> on yesterday's show. I thought I'd go in the, into the room while she was on the phone to her friends, do a bit of dad patter, one of my routines. I'm pretty sure her friends think I'm hilarious. And you know what? She booted me out of the room. She physically kicked me out of the room. And then just before, when I came in, I started to do a bit of a dad joke. She hit mute so that none of her friends could hear what I was saying. And, and I kind of suspected, like, she might be ashamed of me. You're pretty sure that her friends think you're hilarious, but I can assure you uh, that I don't think that she does. It, I wish I wish I'd knew it was happening because it was, it was astonishing to hear, but I really felt for you. You, you were cut adrift, my friend. It didn't even get me like give me like two minutes to at least do a bit of patter and just see how it went down with the audience. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I swear on the schoolyard I've fared better than this when when I'm trying to entertain them on video chat. But I would love to know, right? If any parents listening to this right now have managed to achieve cool status with their kids, do, you, do your kids think you are cool? Because I'm starting to think now maybe maybe it's unobtainable. It's just a thing that is never going to happen. I should just give up right now do you know what I mean I've got a feeling it is like the search for the holy grail this one I, I, and I'll hold my hands up and say I've given up alright I, I, after like 18 years now of being a dad I, I, I honestly don't think it's possible I've, I've tried many many times I know they don't think I'm cool so it's actually quite liberating not to try anymore well I mean, I'm quite close to that myself I'm quite close to saying alright all right, fair enough then. Fair enough, I'm going to wear tweed. Do you know I mean? I already walk around in tracky bottoms. I mean, I remember you buying FIFA to try and maybe play your lad Charlie on FIFA, but yeah. he just doesn't have the time for it. Do you know what I mean? Don't have the time for it, and I did take him on. I got walloped, so that was another thing. There was, there was no point. Loss of face. <laughs> Andy Watson says, I bought and made a Lego dragon. He's, he's, a, he's tweeted a picture of it. It's a oh. very impressive effort. That That's kind of like we were speaking a few minutes ago about me buying FIFA to try and be cool and, and not be very good at it and he's made a good attempt at Lego he's en entered their realm and it's quite cool well you've put some good early work in Richie you make uh, some quite intricate train tracks for Rocco that's got to pay dividends down the line so. right surely hope so hope so <laughs> 
watch this space. Mark says, uh, R1's only six, so easily impressed. But I once, uh, when she had friends round, did lay on the, my back and blow Maltesers in the air, which went down well. A few of the mums at school told me their kids kept talking about it. Mm. I'd have to say, I think I'd be impressed with that at the age of 43. <laughs> uh, if there's something that you've done... That He's available. <laughs> He's available to come round once the lockdown's over, Richie. <laughs> I'll book him. Uh, Wayne has tweeted the show to say, guys, I had the audacity to tuck my shirt in the other day and my 15-year-old daughter said it made me look like I'm 60. I'm only 42, not a hope in hell that I would ever be considered cool in her eyes. And this is the pain that we're talking about today on the show. Have you, as a parent, managed to achieve cool status with your kids? If so, how the hell did you do it? Jer says that he's been able to do it by coaching the football side of uh, of his kids, um, which oh. I guess could be a really cool thing, but you've got to make sure you're an actual decent coach, otherwise that could go completely the wrong way. My brother Simon does that in Bristol, and he's got quite a good winning record, to be honest with you. So, yeah, that's one way of doing it. It's a good idea. I'm going to write it down. Uh, Matthew, how have you achieved cool parent status? Yeah, well, uh, I, I go around the, the country drone racing, um, obviously, when, when we're not in lockdown. Also help host wow. the... Wow. Uh, yeah, it's quite cool. Uh, we also do it online so, as well. Um, so on a Thursday night, I host it on, uh, on YouTube. So, uh, We've yeah, talked about our, our love of drones for and home time. I think both Richie and I are, are very curious about the whole drone thing. It looks like brilliant fun. So how do you get involved in drone racing? Where do you even start? Um, that's a really good question. I, I watched a YouTube video originally um, and then just sort of got, got into racing. Um, yeah, your old uh, YouTube rabbit hole. And obviously, you are drone dad uh, in, in, in currency of dad chat at school, which, I mean, that, that's absolutely fantastic <laughs> with the kids, surely. I like that, drone. Yeah. Well, do you know what? I yeah. think I've had a chat with some of the mums, and I'm sure they refer to me as drone dad, but it's got now to do with flying little planes. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Matthew, that's awesome. Thank you very much for sharing. We love it. No worries. Thank you very much. Uh, Do you remember earlier on, Susie said she'd achieved cool parent status because she was asked to make a personalised high-vis vest for Will I Am. And I don't know about you, I still in my mind go, why why is that? Why why do you need a high-vis vest? Uh, Neil says... Hi, lads. Maybe Will I Am needed a safety vest for when he sat in those spinning chairs on The Voice. They do spin quite fast. <laughs> He's got a point. He's got a point. Now, listen, breaking news. Our esteemed colleague from Absolute Radio's Neuropy Guarantee, the Queen of Rock, Leona Graham, is on the line. She's insisted to be put through immediately about this subject. So, Leona, do your kids think you're cool? Uh, yes, and Bush, it's really not that hard. <laughs> right, what, what do I need to do then? What do I need to do to, to get cool status, Leona? Well, I take Harley to school and pick him up on a motorbike, and I think he thinks that's quite cool anyway. Oh, wow. And actually, what kind of motorbike is that then? Like a proper, like, loud, one of them loud ones? Uh, yes, extremely loud. Yes, a Honda. <laughs> 650. <laughs> one of them loud ones. I mean, you could, you could, you could be, you could be cool, but then when the words tumble out of your mouth, one of those loud, oh, no. loud ones. I think you lose every he's bit of it. No hope, has he? He's got no hope. <laughs> hey, what is this? What is going on here, Leona? We're missing you and everything, and we thought, what a lovely moment to speak to you. And then you're taking an opportunity to re relight the war that we've had at times. I just saw your tweet, radio. and I just, I just saw your tweet, and I had to respond. You know, Bush. I mean, you've become an uncle dad already. Right. All right, then. I haven't got a motorbike's licence. I've got an electric scooter. Would that work? No. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's just set everything back months again. Uh, It has, hasn't it? Guys, go and play some music. That's the only thing you're good at. Thank you.
Now, I need to tell you about something that uh, uh, has been going on at home. Uh, I've got some building work going on at the moment, and I was chatting to the builders uh, yesterday and uh, asked them why they don't have a portaloo. I thought, oh, I'm sure, you know, you'd have a... Because none of them would have asked to use the toilet or anything whilst uh, things have been going on, Bush. And I said, you know, yeah. not thought about having a, a portaloo on the on the driveway or anything like that. It's not, not a problem. And one of them came back to me and said the most amazing thing, and it, it blew my mind. He said, oh, no, 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 all the chaps on the job, we've trained ourselves to not need to use the toilet between eight and four. <laughs> I can't even imagine. Imagine not actually needing the loo to go for a wee between 8am and 4pm. It's absolutely blown my mind. I, I mean... What a skill! It is fantastic. You and yeah. I, when we're when we're both here in the studio, we we've got that ease to know that there's always a Bohemian Rhapsody five minute long song and a toilet within a few strides away. Should we, you know, get caught short? But uh, to know that your body is trained between eight and four to not need to use a toilet, it's it's literally blown my mind. It's amazing. I and mean, we've also got I Am The Resurrection by the Stone Roses if you want to maybe read a book or a magazine on there as well. <laughs> but when, when I, like, what panics me, for example, is, and this is why I think it's so amazing, is if I know that there isn't a toilet, I then want to go to the toilet. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, for example, at the moment, when, you, when I'm walking Thea, our youngest, around with a buggy, if I have a coffee on that walk, I know that at the moment you can't go into anywhere to go for a wee because all the coffee shops are closed. Yeah. And then I start to have a bit of a panic attack and then need to go as a result. These fellas have got that situation, but they can hold on to it around at your gaff all day long. They're astonishing people. Uh, so this, 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 it's led me to have a series of questions there must have there must be other jobs or or other circumstances where you found that it's handy to have this skill maybe you are like the builders but in a different job have you trained your body to be able to either do something or indeed not do something i'm scrolling through the uh, numerous texts that are coming into the show live right now and, and if you were to do a search for the, the three words bucket in van <laughs> it would be, bring up most of those texts mate I've seen the bucket there van there's all sorts of stuff in there there's no bucket I, I, I honestly do believe that they've done this the irony the irony if the wall was being pulled over your eyes and they're essentially repairing that ginnel that you've been weighing in for a number of years yourself now the joke's back on you do you know what I mean <laughs> that is why the building work is being done to yeah the, the ginnel's been knocked through and there is a, a downstairs you know facilities being put in Alex says after a bad experience in my first week at secondary school like Richie's builders I then did not go to the toilet during school hours for my entire time at secondary school, he claims. What? That is unbelievable. <laughs> but the, but it's true, there must be someone in this, right? I mean, maybe the, the, the builders might be kind of fudging it a little bit with Richie here, but there must be people listening now who are like, chef, maybe you're like a chef and you don't feel heat anymore because you've got asbestos hands or something <laughs> like that. Uh, Lizzie says, I'm a lady gardener looking after private gardens. With the current COVID restrictions, I can't use my client's house loo. So it's the nearest shrubbery tree or outdoor building for me. And believe me, drinking that amount of water that I do each day, there's no way I could go between eight and four like your builders <laughs> there are many that are getting in touch Teresa is one of them you've trained yourself Teresa me and I think every single nurse on the planet yeah wow so what happens talk us through it 
basically being a nurse, you just you can't say um, I need to go. I'm away. Um, so essentially, your your body just gets used to the fact that the minute you put that uniform on, you don't need to go to the toilet at all from the start to the end of your shift, regardless if it's a an eight hour shift or a twelve hour shift. You just I, don't go. I think over the last twelve months, all of us have had a newfound respect uh, for our health services. But this has just gone up another notch <laughs> in the last couple of minutes. So, definitely, I don't think every nurse on the planet would tell you. Um, but we're we're all slightly worried about our bladders and old age because it clearly can't be good for us holding the holding it in for all that time. But yeah, right. nurses, we we don't go to the toilet. That's unbelievable. And is this like a known thing amongst nurses that you don't generally oh, tend yes. to hear about one of the kind of tricks of the trade? Definitely, definitely. Um, it's part of your training, learning how to not go to the loo. couple of naive radio presenters here looking increasingly ridiculous by the minute. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Teresa. You take care. No problem. Darren, you've trained yourself? Yeah, I have. I've spent many a day on the road to Aberdeen from here for the courier. Um, setting off. I've even taken the wife and um, made her come all the way with crossing her legs. Um, it's just conditioning, that's all it is. But you, you have time to stop and have a sandwich at a service station and then go for a little uh, wee there. I feel like you're putting yourself in a needlessly painful situation. No, it isn't. I, I go well prepared. I take pack lunches and stuff. Um, I will stop for fuel. I tend not to need to go to the toilet over 541 miles it's just the way it is 541 miles um, yeah normally between 9 and 10 hours so that's quite a, a little bit more than your builders Richie do you ever wonder what would happen if you went to 543 miles uh, yeah that 2 miles would be in the toilet somewhere well, look, there you go. listen, I am, I am in awe of you, Darren. I, I, I drive down to Bournemouth from Hertfordshire to pick up my kids and I don't make fleet services. <laughs> That's a, not a place I would like to visit either, but um, <laughs> yeah, fantastic. Uh, now, we had Teresa on earlier on, uh, the nurse, who just she said, when you put the uniform on, you can't go for a wee. Sarah in Spalding uh, backs her up. She says, it's true, fellow nurse. I go at 6am, then at 9pm at night, even on day-offs now. I never thought I'd text a radio show this, but there you are. It's been one of our most Amazing. successful topics of, of recent weeks, actually. It's quite, quite astonishing slash depressing. Um, during the pandemic, says this tweet, I've not visited the work facilities throughout my eight and a half hour shift to minimise risk of catching the virus. P.S. Richie, do you have any dead bushes in your garden? There's a lot of people texting worrying for the state of your back garden at the moment as well. And what about this? Boys, as a salesperson, you train your bladder to not need to go urgently. When I go to the pub, I can have six or seven pints before needing to go because of this training. I call it a salesman's bladder. <laughs> So it's been cute today, isn't it? Seeing all the kids dressed up as characters from their favourite books for World Book Day. It's a nice thing to see on social media and quite positive and everything like that. It's kind of nice to see them have such hope and optimism about the joy that books can bring. And I always think that optimism stems from the fact that, you know, kids' books are kind of bright and colourful and short and stuff like that as well. Do you know what I mean? What those kids don't realise, and I don't want to ruin it for any kids listening to this right now, but what them kids don't realise is that when you get older... That joy of life, you know, that optimism I was just talking about, about books, it gets slightly crushed out of you by being forced to read certain books 
at school for school coursework. <laughs> Let's be honest. That's, that's what happens. <laughs> so just a little hypothetical question for the final hour of the show this evening. I want you to have a little think about this. Take yourselves back to when you were a school kid. If you were dressing up for World Book Day today as a character from a book that you were forced to read at school, who would it be and why? For me, it'd have to be Heathcliff from Wuthering Heights, who's just <laughs> possibly the, the world's most famous miserable get for no apparent reason. Coming to mind for me, Chaucer's Canterbury Tales. Um, there was there was one of the characters right at the beginning. I remember him in walking and, and he had... I remember Chaucer saying this this fella had weeping sores. It, oh, was, either, it was either the Miller or the cook. I've got a horrible feeling it was the cook, and that's what repulsed me so much that there was this this chap that uh, had, had these weeping sores, and it was it was it was a cook. But it was Chaucer's cancer. Oh, I have miserable memories. He's one of those fellas there frying eggs for people to actually eat, and he's got. Don't. You know, bandage yourself up, mate. Put rubber gloves on for crying out loud. <laughs> At least get a beard snood on if you work in, 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 a, in a food textile environment. Drew's saying Stig of the Dump. Once again, I'm a little bit surprised at this one. I, I can't remember being forced to read Stig of the Dump. I think I actually quite enjoyed that. I just remember that being a kids' TV show. I didn't even realise it was a book before that, so there's a bit of a learn for me. Uh, Luke says, Tim was a cool guy, and he's talking about Topsy and Tim. Now, again, that's another one I didn't realise was a book before, but I, I ate them on CBeebies, those two. <laughs> I absolutely hate the pair of them and their family. I ate all of them. <laughs> Bottom from Midsummer Night's Dream when he was dressed as a donkey, uh, says Claire, a very overt Shakespeare hater from Leon C. Oh, good on you. Merchant of Venice, that was the one we were forced to read at school. Olga says, my husband was forced to read Tabby McTat, written by the wonderful Julia Donaldson by our then two-year-old, who was off nursery with a cold. After a few hours of The Busker's Cat, he swore never to touch that book again, and now, almost nine years later, he still hasn't. <laughs> Mark says, Adrian Mole, uh, he says, just need to have a shave, and then I'm in character. He, I find it amazing that anyone was forced to read Adrian Mole. That was the book of our generation. There are so many terrible, terrible school books out there that I, I think Adrian Mole would be a bit of life re light yeah, relief. Yeah. Uh, Todger, who's got a cracking name on Twitter, says he's going dressed up as Lenny from Of Mice and Men. Uh, the amount of people who hate that book. Um, <laughs> yeah. I've never read it before in my life. I wasn't forced to like read it at school, but some people have some real resentment against that book, that's for sure. Uh, from memory, if you're dressing up as Lenny as well, then you're just in denim, which isn't exactly much of a hardship for uh, for dressing <laughs> up at World Book Day. Double denim. Matt says, Piggy from Lord of the Flies. To be fair, if I shave my head, I'm nearly there. How did you get on with the um, mashed potato at the beginning of the podcast? OK, yeah, the forks thing worked. Fair play, well done, you were right. 